Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, everybody. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are thrilled to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Hey, Cam, you're our barista. (laughs) (laughs) And this morning, our friends Katie Rice and Mary Marish will join us to talk about recent mission trips that they've both made, how they were able to share Christ's love with others and how those encounters have brought each of them closer to Christ in their own journeys. Morning, Amanda. Morning, Dave. I startled Cam. (laughs) He did give you a nice salute, though. Oh. (laughs) He did. Thank you. (laughs) In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day. We thank you for your goodness and for your blessings, for all the ways that you are leading us and guiding us. Lord, we ask for those particular graces that each one of us need today in any of our joys and struggles that um, any way that you want to meet us, Lord, we just ask to attune our hearts to yours, that we would be mindful of what you are calling us to today, that we would be mindful of our neighbor, that we would be mindful of the work that you're asking of us, that Even in the midst of maybe some Friday slums, we would remember to just come to you in whatever it is that we're carrying today. We also offer up all of those that have asked for our prayers. And we we give them also to Mary, who is just a beautiful motherly intercessor for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. What did you say for a Friday... Friday slums. And you know, sometimes sometimes you just wake up on Friday and one is exciting because it's Friday, but two, you're like, I'm a little groggy after a full week. Mm-hmm. I'm I, That some, happens to me sometimes. I don't know. You, Dave? All the time. Okay. See, I'm not the but only it, one. Well, it, it was interesting because you also used the word carrying. Mm. And that was uh, actually a word that the Lord gave me this morning. No way. Yeah. Uh, carrying into the Lent. So what, what are... Some of those things that I'm carrying that I um, should be leaving at the cross or, or just uh, uh, giving to the Lord. Mm. So, yeah. That's that's actually carrying. a really good reflection. What am I carrying? Things that you can't take into Lent is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or just things that I should be uh, uh, giving to the Lord. Allowing and, him to carry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or allowing you guys to carry for me. <laughs> That's why we're a team, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) We had a really nice day yesterday here at St. Gabriel. Uh, Jack Williams, uh, general manager for EWTN Radio, spent uh, a few hours with us. And um, we, Bill and I have known Jack for a number of years now, but it was uh, an opportunity for some other staff members and board members to get to know Jack a little bit better. Uh, He shared some beautiful stories about... uh, the beginnings of EWTN Radio, Mother Angelica. Um, so it was just nice catching up with him. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of my favorite stories that he shared was when Mother Angelica was going out to find where the tower should be stationed, and she was with the... Yeah, the engineer. The for, engineer. Yeah. 
And he's like, mother, this, these grounds here are not going to produce the sound that you want. And it's not going to work. And she's like, do you see St. Michael, the archangel on that hill? He's like, no, mother, I don't. <laughs> and she's like, we're taking it. <laughs> I, I think Bill's been to that site. Um, I've never been. It's it's pretty rugged mm. terrain. That's what everyone, when they're talking about this location, um, how how they describe it. And it hasn't been improved at all over the last 30 years or so. And this was when she wanted to put shortwave um I think even before the radio um the they launched the uh, the shortwave signals and yeah no one else thought that this made any sense right. at all she was the only one and they did it and immediately the signal goes out to the far reaches of the world yeah someone from china contacted them <laughs> yeah and uh yeah, I mentioned, uh, you know, thank you for airing these Buddhist prayers. When in reality, it was the rosary. Yeah. <laughs> it took her, took him a moment to figure out what uh, what this uh, listener was referring to. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, the, the rosary. God knows best. And we still bring you Mother Angelica's rosary every morning. Mm. So what a blessing. What a blessing. Friends, don't forget. We're just about one week away from the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, Saturday, February 17th at the Ohio Expo Center, Kasich Hall. You can still register, of course, by going to stgabrielradio.com. And then the Men's Conference, Saturday, February 24th at the Kasich Hall, Ohio Expo Center. Great lineups for both conferences. And again, you can go to stgabrielradio.com. Today's gospel reading, we're still in Mark chapter 7 today, verses 31 to 37. Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Again, gospel reading today from Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. What stood out for you guys? For myself, I I underlined all the different ways that the Lord approached the healing of this man. And and just to reiterate those things, you know, he he put the fing- his fingers in the man's ears. He spit, he touched his tongue, he looked up to heaven, he groaned. And I'm just struck by how the Lord will meet us where we're at. 
in order to minister to us. Because yesterday we heard of the woman who asked for her daughter to be healed by from from the demon. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, for saying this, for expressing your faith, uh, you can go home. Your, your daughter's healed. Right. She didn't see anything. Uh, the Lord didn't really say anything special or or do anything special, really. But she was still healed and the woman went away and she found her daughter healed. And yet here, you know, here's he puts his finger in his ears. He touches his tongue. He looks up to heaven. He groans. And that to me just speaks of the goodness of God. And he knows what our faith needs, how to bolster our faith or how to minister to us in a way Mm. in which we need so that. I don't know. We get the healing that we need or we, we experience his goodness. He didn't have to do any of those things, but maybe the man needed that for some reason. Cameron. I was actually just, as you were wrapping up there, Amanda, thinking of like how today the Lord still comes to us in the ways that we need him. It just doesn't always look like, you know, in, in his physical human body, like it did for the apostles or for this blind or I mean, deaf man um, and others, but like how, how we need the Lord inside us and how he presents himself in the Eucharist, for example, or how we need sometimes the Lord to come to us in, in mercy in, and how that comes in the gift of confession or how, the Lord sometimes manifests himself to us in the community, in the people around us. And um, just like looking throughout my own life in the different ways that uh, I've seen Jesus and he has come to love me in all those different ways um, has been a big blessing for me. And I think uh, we can sometimes be be blind to that. Dave, you always, you've brought up that story more than once of the man who... Um, what is it? He's on a roof in a town that's like flooding and right. uh, people come by in a boat and he says, no, the Lord will save me in the helicopter and no, the Lord will save me. And when he dies, he says, why didn't you come to save me? And, and, and God says, I did, you know, just not in the ways that we always expect. And just reminds me like to keep my eyes open to the ways the Lord is revealing himself to me uh, in the people around me, in the sacraments, in the church, in the world. Um, and, and clinging on to that hope that, that comes as the Lord reveals himself. Hmm. The, uh, divine physician, you know, I, I, I'm just thinking of, you know, we, we go to doctors or dentists and whatever the case that, uh, there's always that touch there. And this is, um, him. Jesus actually just just the touch of him and the nearness that that he was uh, to this man um, just so vivid I mean it's it's really just a scene that you can enter into either either as one of the actors or um, as an observer and, and really just, almost look at Jesus's face as he's doing this. And you just have that sense of his tenderness and his care and his desire to make this man whole. 
the other thing that uh, caught my attention there also was um, the fact that he went out into Decapolis. You know, and Decapolis has, uh, has shown up with the uh, Gerasene um, demoniac a, a few re- a readings ago. I think it was still in 7, Mark 7. But he, he's going out into the world uh, away from away from the Jews to bring, to bring his ministry into the world. And we're going to talk about that today, right, with, um, with Katie and Mary. By God's providence, this morning um, I get these uh, daily reflections from a hermit in Maine. <laughs> of all Casual. places. Yeah. Casual. Uh, and he uh, just, just praying about mission and mission trips and mission territory and, and how we're really supposed to look at uh, about our role and those that we serve and the places where we serve. But the, a short reflection that was offered by um, St. Jose uh, Maria Escriva from a wonderful book called Christ is Passing By. Uh, the saint writes, we must learn to recognize Christ when he comes out to meet us in our brothers and sisters, the people around us. No human life is ever isolated. It is bound up with others' lives. No man or woman is a single verse. We all make up one divine poem, which God writes with the cooperation of our freedom. I just love that, 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 that phrase, divine poem. Mm. And, and the fact that uh, God is writing it, but it's with the cooperation of our freedom. So how do we participate, mm-hmm. you know, with his verse? And the, the other thing with um, no one's ever isolated. And, and so often we do feel isolated, either as an individual or as a community or a family or, you know, whatever group. Um I think we have to take time to to look for those folks that may be isolated and let them know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So, or even be drawn out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're the one that's where the with the freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So we're going to jump into this the uh, the whole idea of mission, mission trips, and serving others with our friends Katie Rice. And Mary Marish, when we come back, you're listening to the St. Gabriel Cafe. Stay with us. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. 
You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of generosity is seen in St. Giuseppe Muscati. He lived generosity heroically by giving of himself in a willing and cheerful manner for the good of others. He was an Italian doctor who worked tirelessly to bring physical and spiritual healing to his patients. Often, he would not accept payment from the poor, but would quietly return it to them so as not to embarrass them. Let us ask St. Giuseppe Muscati to pray for us, that we too may grow in generosity. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I am Lori Kroc, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Being physically active seems natural, in fact, almost essential to me. I give thanks for the gift of the physical body, which allows us to move, run, lift, work, and play. In our athletic pursuits, God graces us with others who also find joy in movement. We give thanks for the way in which athletics help us build character and develop an understanding of teamwork. We can intentionally make our physical pursuits a prayerful endeavor, seeking to live our Catholic values on the field and in the gym. Let us shift from our cultural view of fitness, which can place self and aesthetics at the center and instead offer our health and vitality as a pathway to serve God. In the words of St. John Bosco, health is God's great gift. We must spend it entirely for Him. Our eyes should see only for God. Our feet walk only for Him. Our hands labor for Him alone. Our entire body should serve God. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Worsborn. Thanks for being with us this morning. Hey, Cam, are you still on there? Yeah. You're only hearing out of one ear, right? Yeah, right now, but it's not my bodily problem. I don't know. I can think can I try something? Your finger in his yeah. ear, Dave. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Maybe groan and say, "Have uh, that." Yeah. Let, let me. I'll wet my finger, Cam. Hold on one sec. I think if Jesus were here, he would do what I've been doing during the show, which is pinching the cord of the headphones i'm wearing uh, okay. and that would be enough, oh, of course jesus could let go and the headphones would stay fixed when i let go it's not quite the case but okay <laughs> I, I i'm hearing you out of both ears so i'll call greg don't later. you get any ideas <laughs> <laughs> so katie mary welcome to the saint gabriel cafe hi dave thank you so much yeah oh, thanks nice. for being with us katie uh reintroduce yourself Yes, I'm Katie Rice, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and um, I currently am working for a ministry called Shadow on the Water, mm-hmm. and um, we do pilgrimages, mission trips, and online prayer with people. So, yeah. So this is new for you, Katie, because last time you were joined us in the cafe, this wasn't on the horizon. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I was um, at that time. I was going to be starting teaching at Modern Day, which I did mm-hmm. for a month, and then just with the number of students, it just wasn't really necessary for me to be there and so about a month after leaving my my friend Mike Nolan who we've been friends for a few years now 
um, offered me a job to work with his ministry to do mission trips and and that sort of thing because he knew that was on my heart to do those things. So excellent blessing. Excellent. And Mary Marish. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having me. First time we've met. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Columbus? Uh, no, I'm from Maryland originally. Okay. Um, and then spent a good portion of my life there and but about 30 minutes south of DC mm-hmm. and then I moved to Steubenville Ohio and lived there for six seven years and went to Franciscan University studied theology and catechetics mm-hmm. um, and then I graduated and spent a year as a youth minister loved the um, ministry there and the kids and then I moved out here yeah and welcome to Columbus thanks so good to have you here. It's good to be in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, so we want to talk about some trips that yeah, each of you have recently made. Mary, um, let's start with you. You made a trip to Uganda. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. How did uh, that come to be? And Yeah. So I, um, I knew of Eddie, Eddie Wamala, who is the founder of this um, mission trip or earned this mission that serves this community in Uganda. And I uh, knew of him through Franciscan University because he was a student. So he's from Uganda, from uh, this rural village. And he had his education sponsored to go to Franciscan and attend. So he attended and we kind of overlapped just barely. Uh, But while I was there, he uh, and a friend had invited me to join them on their first mission trip over to Uganda. And I unfortunately was not able to go and I was very heartbroken, but uh, never forgot about the mission work that was being done over there. And I've always had a desire to go on mission. Tried multiple times and the Lord uh, never opened those doors. Um, And so you're just kind of like waiting for the Lord to show when's the right time. And uh, fast forwarding a bit, after I graduate, Eddie's over in Uganda. Uh, he was looking for some volunteer to help him with media related things. And, uh, so I, I jumped on it and was so glad to be able to help in some way, even from the States, um, and spent some time doing that. And then as I moved out here to a new job and a new community felt like I needed to step away from that just to that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, to make sure that they they have all the help that they can get and I knew I was going to be really busy and um yeah and and then later uh it was the fall of 2020 I felt like the Lord was asking me to go to Uganda so I reached out to Eddie and I was like Eddie I feel like the Lord is asking me to to come and I don't know how I'm going to get there uh but uh I'm just going to take this this first step and just let you know that I feel like he's asking me and and we'll go from there and um, yeah, and then in the summer of 2024, mm-hmm. or sorry, 2023, we are in 2024, the summer of 2023, I ended up going and nice. uh, spent about two weeks there. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll get uh, more into yeah. uh, your experiences there. And you're on staff at Elizabeth Ann Seton? Seton Parish in Pickerington, yeah. Excellent. And Katie, you made a trip to Cuba not too long ago. Yes, actually, we just got back uh, January 18th. Very so, recently, then. Yes, okay. Yes. So, yeah, we were in Miami a couple of days before and did some ministry there. Mm-hmm. Went to Cuba, spent about five days there, and then in Miami for a day after, a little more ministry in Miami. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Was this uh, a, a trip through Shadow on the Water? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, shortly at around the time Mike hired me um, in late October, early November, um, he had invited me on a trip at that time as well. So this is my second trip to Cuba. And they've been about four or five times. So they've kind of had these um, inroads laid in some respects of relationships with the pastor there, the missionaries of charity there. And so it was awesome this past trip. They had a whole agenda for us of where to go and pray with people um, and just just a schedule with uh, young girls that went around with us. And so, yeah, it was a really beautiful, fruitful trip. So how, how was how did why Cuba? How did, where yeah. did that come from? Yeah, so it's interesting because like Mary's sharing, and I've seen a lot of the themes in my own life, a lot of it's through relationship. Mm. Um, so Mike, who I work with, is from South Bend, Indiana, and he has a good friend who's a deacon who's also from South Bend who's half Cuban. And so it's been on his heart, uh, this deacon's heart, to really minister and, and yeah, bring revival in a way in Cuba, this communist country. Um, and so he's been down probably six or seven times and then invited Mike to come down and then so Mike is, you know, bringing missionaries down with him as mm-hmm. well. So really just to bring uh, the life of the Holy Spirit and to give hope in a lot of ways to the people. And then we do bring down um, minimal material things, but really the goal is to not be uh, associated with money or material things as Americans, but really like to bring the gospel and the power of the gospel to the people. Mm-hmm. So the hope that the Jesus brings. Katie Rice and Mary Marish are with us here in the cafe. We're talking about mission trips and being missionaries so yeah cuba is a communist country are they welcoming christians now into- yeah so it's very interesting so there is that obviously that governmental control so if you're going to be doing um typically what we were told the first trip that i went on was that if we're going to be doing public ministry we'll need a, a religious visa mm-hmm. and that's because um they want you to be kind of held accountable to someone and so if you are going to be speaking out against the government in any way that they want you to be able to hold you accountable so um, if you're going just as a citizen um, you know going to the church going to pray praying privately with people in their homes you don't necessarily need that Um, but uh, kind of a lot of these things I've heard anecdotally from the team members um, from what they've heard on on previous trips but um, I think Mike had shared that another missionary team that was going down said, don't worry, they need they need our money down here. So, you know, they're not going to give you a too hard of a time. But that being said, there are, you know, you can see communist informants around and mm. officers and things like that. So there is definitely, um, yeah, a, a different level of observance, if you will, and control, yeah. obviously. How about in Uganda, Mary? Is, what, what's the situation there? And do they welcome Christian missionaries? Yeah, um, it's definitely a pretty poor country, um, third world country as well, um, and they definitely welcome Americans and and are celebrated. Uh, they definitely see us as like you know bringing money. Um, there's not as much of difficulty probably compared to Cuba with going over to Uganda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if I could just jump off that. It's yeah. interesting because we've been able to interact with several or a couple communities of the missionaries of charity. And one, I think, was from Kenya. And she made the point, they're just talking about how difficult it is in Cuba. And she said, you know, in Africa or, you know, Kenya, where she's from, um, we we have poverty and we have the rich and the poor. And there's, you know, the different challenges, she said, but we're free. And so, again, the difference of, I think, the communistic government and the oppression that that brings the people. Um, so, yeah, just to kind of to Mary's point, the, 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 the poverty, but not necessarily the governmental mm-hmm. control and oversight. Mary Marish and Katie Rice talking about their trips to Cuba 
and Uganda. So obvious poverty, severe poverty in, in, in both situations. Do they welcome Christ as much as they do the material mm-hmm. uh, help that you're able to give them? Yeah, I mean, I feel like because there's such a sense of need uh, that they almost welcome the gospel message more than we would here in the States. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so that was just such a beautiful experience uh, mm-hmm. to be able to share the gospel with people and uh, to have it be received so freely. Tell us about the village that you were in. Yeah, the village is in the west side of Uganda. It's about six hours from the city of Kampala. And uh, it's a very bumpy, long drive. (laughs) The roads aren't so great, um, but very beautiful drive. And uh, you're you're on your way there, and you see a lot of uh, wilderness and fields and uh, occasionally houses and people walking along the streets, making their journey uh, to wherever they're going. And then you get near the village, and you almost have this sense of like, cause it gets even more like rural, you know, <laughs> you're like, Oh my gosh, where am I going? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, but, uh, it's a very small town, um, this and small village and they, uh, <clears throat> there's only running water on the Burger Mural property. Uh, they live on less than a dollar a day, uh, mud huts, um, but the most joyful people you could possibly imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. ha, ha, have they met Christ? In the village, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so the work that Eddie is doing there uh, is to bring the hope and healing of Christ to the people in this village. It's a very transient community. Um, a lot of people from uh, other countries fleeing genocide or war have come to this village, um, they're used to kind of being on the go, and uh, in in prayer that was uh, sort of highlighted for Eddie, and he was I felt like called to minister to this community to help them sort of settle and um, take roots and to um, yeah to to have community surrounding surrounding them. Uh, was Eddie actually from that area? Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. Not that village specifically, but very close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the, um, so the, the material poverty, how, how do you serve? I mean, when you go there, are, are you helping them with some of the material needs? Are you, are you building for them or, you know? Yeah, there have been some medical missions that have gone over there um, and some missions that have helped uh, build. The first mission was helping build the medical center, actually. Okay. Um, the one that I wasn't able to go on. And they've had some doctors go over. They've had dentists go over. When we went over, it was more of a missionary, uh, a mission of presence, um, really supporting the, you know, there's a school attached to the ministry. And so there's teachers and administrator there. And just kind of we, we um, went into their flow of the day and uh, supported them and were present to the kids as well. And um yeah, it's just a ministry of presence, a ministry of um, love. I shared a little bit of a reflection from uh, uh, St. Jose uh, Maria Escriva coming into the segment. Is, is there a sense of isolation there? I mean, it, it is sometimes 
I look forward to having some isolation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do they feel isolated, or is is that so much their reality that um, it's not so much being cut off, but being apart? If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I would say it's such an interesting question. There, there is definitely a sense of you know they know of America. They 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 have a sense that America is this amazing place, you know, and we are so blessed for sure in many ways, uh, in this country. Um, and there's a desire to, particularly when Americans come, there's a, this, there's often the comments of take me to America. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then you just kind of, you know, you, you dialogue with them and, uh, help them to, uh, remember in the moment of just the blessings that they, they, they have in their country. And, um, because you know while america is wonderful we're we're not perfect right um and yeah they have a beautiful community surrounding them and um so there's a sense of i guess like they they know that they their needs for sure and they um they know that they are missing things mm-hmm. um but at the same time what i my experience was is that there's a beautiful freedom and there's a beautiful joy in what they do have mm-hmm. um yeah Actually, Dave, when you asked that question, my immediate thought was this idea of, okay, maybe they're to us, they might seem isolated in the sense of, you know, they're maybe out far in country and don't have maybe immediate resources to go to a supermarket or whatever it is. But in a way, it almost seems like they're, I would assume, I haven't been, but I would assume that in a way there's almost less isolation when you have such a community to rely on. Um, and and in a way, it's this idea of, I think our lack of poverty, our opulence, makes us more op- isolated, mm-hmm. actually. And I think that's also telling in, Mary, what you're saying with this idea of the joy that they experience and the way that they're able to receive Christ because of their need, because of their humility, <laughs> is is actually makes them less isolated i think so the idea isn't to go and and convert their community into an american suburb right (laughs) i mean it's to bring christ into their situation show them the beauty of uh, of what they have i mean or i i don't even i don't mean to say that they don't know that so it's not that you're exposing something or revealing something that they don't know they have, but it's, is it entering into that community and say, you know, let's rejoice in, in what you have and let's, you know, let's find God Yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we were so blessed. Um, my ministry and, and myself, not my ministry, the ministry I serve with, um, because Mary connected us with Eddie. And so we were able to have a Zoom meeting with him mm-hmm. um, on Wednesday. And so just to hear his vision and heart for the area, like economically, medically, uh, obviously the faith component for sure, um, and how to empower the people to really build the infrastructure. And so one of the things he said was, you know, I try to tell the missionaries, it's not about bringing the money or don't bring money. Um, or if you're going to bring shoes even to donate or whatever, we want the parents to pay a small amount for them even to give to the children. So the children look at the parents and say, thank you, and, and recognize that relationship versus mm. 
kind of being told you're impoverished or you're in poverty and here we're going to come save you, you know, so just to even right. build that, the dignity of the person up and, and the family structure and um, kind of trying to remove some of these things like polygamy and, and things that are, you know, crushing the family unit. Um, so with, with the gospel and the light of Jesus and then some of these um, yeah, good things in place like healthcare and economic stability, schooling, things like that for the for the community to really build them up in mm-hmm. that way as well. When you were in Cuba, was that were you in an urban center or was it rural? Yeah, so I would say it's um, so we were in El Cobre, and so the, there's a, a shrine there to Our Lady of Charity, um, and so there's a whole history with Cuba and winning different battles and, and a miracle story that happened with that. So there's a lot of people that come to that place and, and honor um, Our Lady, the shrine there. Like on pilgrimage? Yeah, on pilgrimage. Wow. And they bring sunflowers and a lot of them wear yellow. And so there, there is this vibrancy to it. And then at the same time, there is the poverty. So it's not like Havana and like, you know, just everything is, um, you know, kind of maybe booming. I've never been to Havana, but I assume it's different. Um, and so it is, it's, it's a couple hour drive or actually like 40 minute drive from Santiago. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely the the remote parts of it where you go back and people have dirt floors and wood slats and a blanket covering it. You know, there's, it's just poverty. And then as we're talking about the divine physician, Jesus, you know, the healthcare system there, um, again, with communism, you know, when, when a machine breaks, they don't get another one. Um, so, or medication to even do surgeries or maybe young people are doctors who definitely don't have the medical training that we have here. So anyway, so it's like, there's some, um, there's some resources, but they're so diminished and, and, and the way they are, there's so it's, yeah, no, I guess, I don't know if disorder is the word, but it's just dysfunctional. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question about the city itself, but there's a lot of beauty to it. And to your point, Amanda, a community within the material poverty, there's so such a love between people. They greet with a hug and a, a cheek kiss. And it's there's just this love that we experience that we don't always experience here in the U.S. Um, and so in the midst of the poverty, there is great joy and beauty. Katie Rice and Mary Marish here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. We're talking about mission trips to Cuba and Uganda. Let's um, develop that, uh, Katie. How, how did the trip affect you? Yeah, so um, the first trip was definitely, I mean, definitely eye-opening in the sense of coming to a, co- a communist country I've never been to before. Um, on the other hand, the poverty wasn't as um, shocking just because I, I don't know if I've mentioned in the past, but being on the hilltop in Columbus, there's a lot of poverty there too and, and a lot of disparity in the midst of all of that. So um, yeah, that wasn't as surprising to me. I think as I heard about the government and the oppression of the government, that was shocking to me and the level of control, um, not giving people passports when I heard if you know if you're a medical doctor to try to keep you in the country or just different things the the poverty of um, people who are still in Cuba if their family member goes to America goes to Miami so hearing these stories really moved my heart and then this last trip um, just the beauty of uh, the richness of all the prayer ministry that we were able to do um, both with the missionaries of charity um, with people in the town and the villages and just this like going into people's homes and this uh, one-on-one like we were like we're hearing in the gospel um, trying to bring Jesus to people um, who desperately need him and and um, spiritually mentally physically emotionally um, just bringing his light so um, I think for me, when I came back, just walking through the airport back in America, it's like I just see people differently. It's like 
you know you can be people can be dressed nicely or you know whatever and it's like the way i see people it's like just these hearts that are walking around that need that need light that need love that need god's heart for them um so and then also just gratitude yeah for what we do have here you know like we like we all know you know america is not perfect but just that that freedom and the sense of um resources and all of that but i guess the change or that heart to carry forth you know, to bring back from Cuba or even the people in Miami is this heart of community and supporting one another. So like we've been talking about the mm -hmm. isolation that people aren't isolated, that we're on the journey together and we bring that sense of community um, and love and, and yeah, back here in America and Ohio. So, How did it uh, change you, Mary? Mm. Yeah, I, I really was relating to your sense of uh, coming back from the airport, Katie, and um, sort of like you have, you're seeing the world differently, um, and you're seeing people differently. Um, yeah, I like leading up to going to Uganda. Um, so I'd say, firstly, like just in my relationship with God, there, and I'm sure maybe you you have this sense too, Katie, um, of when you were going and preparing to go to Cuba, is that um, there's almost like uh, you have to come to a place of willingness to potentially lay down your life for these people. Um, Uganda's not the safest country. I'm, Cuba's not the safest country. Um, so there's there's that recognition that uh, something could go wrong and, and that there is real danger. Um, and within that, uh, you're expanded, your heart is expanded in love uh, to those around you. Um, and to God, <laughs> because you recognize that your life is not your own and, um, that you, you need to go out and love and share the gospel. And there's so many people that need love and they need, they need Christ. Um, and yeah, just this sense of urgency that came with that as well of like, there, there are so many people out there that need to hear the gospel, um, but then also seeing people in their poverty, um, it helps you see your own poverty. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you have a lot of gratitude as well in that for the blessings that you have. Um, and, 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 and that sort of seeing like we're the same in that poverty, you know? So that also expands the heart for love. I'd, I'd love to dig into that idea more, Mary, um, because as you're sharing, you know, there's there's this idea of we go on mission trips um, so as to help bring the gospel or um, certain types of help meet certain types of needs. Uh, and and you even shared very beautifully, like there is this level of certain like willingness to lay down your life. And yet, although there's the hope to give. I'm sure there's so much you're also receiving and you also just struck on maybe an aspect of that in which you recognized your own poverty. So can you expand on that for us, this idea of uh, what, what are you receiving or how are they actually ministering to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say firstly, um, when you first come to Uganda, you are so celebrated. <laughs> um, and so just like this idea of coming to this foreign community, these people that are complete strangers and they receive you 
so beautifully, so beautifully. I mean, dancing and song and just true joy. Um, and you're just like, oh, I don't deserve this. Like, you you don't know me and you're just, yeah. But it's so it's such a beautiful way to be received and that um, sort of welcome, um, that spirit of hospitality and welcome and just joy uh, to and receiving you just continued throughout my entire time in Uganda. Um, so uh, there, the, the the children um, actually, as a way of like sort of honoring uh, you and just showing appreciation, uh, they would often come and give food actually to you. They they would come up to you. The kneeling is part of their culture when they approach somebody that's older. So they would kneel in front of you and they would hand you a pineapple or they would ha- mm-hmm. hand you a bag of nuts. And, and, you know, these are people that, like I said, they live on less than a dollar a day. They live off the land. They already have so little. Um, but here they're giving, not from an abundance, but from what little they have. Um, so, yeah, just that sort of beautiful hospitality and joy and re- being received. Um, but also... Um, yeah, going back to the sort of recognizing your own poverty, um, there is a beautiful uh, moment that was so unexpected in my my time there. Uh, there's there's a couple of students who I really relate to, um, and I knew of their stories before going over Obed and Gracious. And both of these um, teenagers are people who were not being able to go to they weren't able to go to school, um, but through the work of Bergamiro, uh, Eddie's um, ministry that he's doing over there he was able to get these kids sponsored to go back to school and I so greatly related to their story because my own journey was difficult in that that way um how I was going to graduate high school how I was I was going to go to college um and have a future like it wasn't so clear to me for various reasons and there was a real difficulty there um, and I had, ho- had hopes. I knew Ovid was there at the school, but Gracious is away, um, not and not usually in the village. And uh, it turned out that he was there, and he was getting ready to to go off on um, his journey, he, a long, a couple day journey of walking towards the school where he was gonna um, go study. And uh, he was looking for Eddie, and Eddie wasn't immediately available. And so uh, we found him, and then. Uh, I had this opportunity to dialogue with uh, Gracious, and it and it was an opportunity for my poverty and my suffering to speak into his poverty and his suffering, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was an opportunity to just say, Gracious, like I see your burdens, um, and God is good and He's working in your life. I too have been in a similar situation. Um, you can do it. And you just see his face light up, you know, it's just, he's crying ever so slightly and um, just like listening very intently. Eddie's there like uh, translating a little bit uh, here and there. And, um, but it was just such a gift, gifted moment to, to, um, to, to, to see Gracious in that struggle and to relate to him there. Um, and particularly coming from an, as American, they, there was a little shock there. It was like, you too had the struggle. <laughs> Isn't America perfect? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, land of opportunity. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's really beautiful. 
Katie and Mary were talking about your experiences on mission. And Katie, I want to throw kind of a similar question at you. And just this idea of a lot of times we go thinking we're going to minister and yet the Lord has something in it for us as well to receive Mm -hmm. from others. Mm -hmm. Did you experience that in Cuba? Yes, absolutely. Similar to what Mary said, uh, they're at the airport welcoming us, flowers, balloons, again, the kisses on the cheek and just this love. And then, yes, again, because of the material poverty, um, we recognize they don't have an abundance to give, but they would set meals before us, you know, for dinner, have us over to the different people's homes. And they had that all scheduled and so you're sitting down it's actually it is a place of poverty because it's like receiving out of their poverty and yet it's like you know it's almost like hard to do in some respects you feel uncomfortable almost but the reality is the love that they want to show you and the honor and all of that yeah it's just like what can you do but receive and then you just see the joy of it all and you see the beauty of it all and so I think as far as my own poverty it's like realizing how I need to grow in love and just the the ways that I'm limited in my love or I'm measured in my love or, you know, like the, in the scriptures where, um, I can't, I can't remember if it's like the publican, not the publican, someone gives out of their abundance and the widow gives the two coins, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the offering that's pleasing to the Lord. And so where do I just kind of measure my love, whether just in my interactions or financially or with my material goods. And so, really taught so much like it's like you you just can't um you can't get away from that beautiful conviction and Mm -hmm. and it's not i love this quote it's not a condemnation it's an invitation to just to love better and so we do we come back changed and and realizing there's a way of living um that that can be different and so um yeah exactly what you said amanda there's uh such a beautiful giving and receiving and and we pray that yeah both are changed for the good in jesus so katie rice and mary marish here in the saint gabriel cafe talking about mission trips and really serving and and being served um on the on these trips have you been able to maintain relationships that you uh that you made over there for each of you yeah um so I, I still am in contact with Eddie and help him from the states in various ways. And then um, there's a, the administrator, the school administrator. We communicate via email as best as we can. Her English and writing isn't so great, but she's getting there for sure. And um, yeah. And, and your Ugandan hasn't uh, improved? <laughs> Not so much. No? Not so much. <laughs> Sometimes I have to remind myself of various words. Um, Renuro is the local language that's spoken and... Um, yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's another uh, woman who helps out volunteers as a teacher that we stay in touch with um, via WhatsApp. And uh, yeah, so it's just a joy. It's a joy to support them and love them from afar. Even um, one of my sort of ways that I encourage them and just takeaways, I guess, from. Uh, being over there as well was like, wow, like there's these people over there who are really going for it. They're really like laying down their lives for these children and mm-hmm. giving of themselves so sacrificially. You know, they get up at like 4.30 in the morning every day and, and they go until like nine o'clock and it's just the heat of the day and there's so much to do. And so um, it's just such a gift to to be in relationship with these people uh, on the other side of the world who are also... Uh, just so sacrificial and loving and yeah 
How about you, Katie? Yeah, definitely. Likewise, the, the beauty of WhatsApp and, and the different forms of communication that we have. So um, definitely we have plans to go back to Cuba. Um, I'm in touch with some of the girls. And um, and then, yeah, like I, I mentioned earlier, Mary's connected us with Eddie. Um, so hoping to, to be able to go over there and, again, maintain relationship. And I think a lot of it is not only serving the people there, but also whether it's the priests or the religious or you know, people like Eddie who are missionaries, trying to breathe life into them as well. And so maintaining that relationship, um, yeah, is important. It's not just a coming once and then leaving. Of course, if that's what has mm-hmm. to be, that's fine. But the beauty of continuing that and building that relationship over time. Has it changed the way that you're looking for opportunities to serve here in, in, in Columbus? So do you have a different, I guess, a different lens now on, on how you see people and, and, and how you see poverty and, and suffering? Yeah. So when I came back from Uganda, I went to my spiritual director and I said, I want to serve the poor. <laughs> like, Point me in a direction. And that's how I met Katie, actually, is through Urban Encounter because mm-hmm. he, he directed me to um, to that ministry and so, yeah, there's a sense of like this urgency that that people have needs that need to be met um, and just a desire to love them in that. Um, and then same here, too, that that sense of, um, you know, we were talking earlier about in uh, another person's poverty, recognizing your own poverty and just how that expands your heart for love. And, and so I've experienced that a lot when I serve with Urban Encounter as well, the the poorer people in the hilltop area that come, uh, I, I see myself in them, and um, I and I I recognize too that there's a need for somebody to respond to their needs. Um, yeah, and there's not always answers, and in a way, I feel like you know sometimes you feel very helpless when you see somebody's need, mm. and you're not there's not a quite there's not clarity there of um, how do I serve this person best, but sometimes it really is just goes back to that uh, loving presence, that person to listen to their sufferings, to pray with them, to share how is God like that, that God is in their suffering. I think that's a really good point for all of us to hear. It's not to pull them out of a situation necessarily, but to enter into their situation and and to love them. Mm I mean, we, we use this love them where they're at uh, a lot, but it, but that is uh, a different way to approach Mm -hmm. relationships. I mean, all of our relationships, right? Not, not to be savior, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, uh, but to, to be with them. Yeah. How can uh, Mary, so this ministry, uh, uh, Bugamiro. How can our friends, if they're uh, if they're interested, uh, get in touch? Or yeah, so there is a website as well as a f- Facebook page, um, and the Facebook page is a great way to uh, see the active things mm-hmm. that are going on. There's pictures and there's stories there, um, and then the website is burgermiroyuganda.org. And it, um, let me make sure I have the spelling B U. Or you you spell it because I may sure, have it wrong. Sure, sure. B U G U M I R O. Hey, yeah. I had it right. B U G U M I R O. Yes. Yeah. Good. Facebook and website. Yep. Yep. Okay. And Katie. Yes. 
Yes. Do you want me to answer the previous question or, or on how to get a shadow touch? on the water? Yeah. So shadowonthewater.com. And if you'd like to support any um, finances for ministry or mission trips, um, there's a donation page on mm -hmm. there as well. So shadowonthewater.com. I think it's slash donation, um, but you can find the donation link on the website mm -hmm. as well. How can our friends specifically pray? So uh, a prayer for each of the, the communities in which mm -hmm. you served. How can we pray? Yeah. Um, for Bergamiro in Uganda, I would say um, pray for Eddie, firstly, <laughs> mm -hmm. because uh, he gives a lot of himself and his wife. He's married and he has some kids. Um, and he goes between Kampala and the village. And they both sacrifice a lot um, for this village. So firstly, keep him and his wife in your prayers um, and then, and the teachers as well. Uh, but also, um, yeah, pray for just their needs to continue to be met, um, for the hope and healing of Christ to continue to, uh, become present in, in the, the lives of these people, um, for their needs to be met, their concrete needs. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah, Eddie? it's so beautiful. And just to honor Eddie, he has two um, biological children and two that he's adopted from the streets mm -hmm. um, who, you know, one has special needs. And, and so just his big heart is so beautiful. Um, and so, yes, I think for Cuba, obviously for, for freedom, um, but for also hope. And then, yeah, just like anything to come into the fullness of living the faith and how that changes everything. Um, but yeah, for freedom for the people and for hope, that's what I would say. How about our community? How about the Hilltop? Yeah, similarly, I think um, freedom from all the things that um, can oppress people, from addiction, from um, just the bondage and slavery to sin and the darkness. And so um, for people to um, who desire freedom to continue to take those steps, um, to walk into whether it's sobriety or a job and keeping a job um, and for housing for people as well. So, um, yeah, I think just as we all know, when Jesus comes in, it changes everything. So uh, for renewal of the mind and the heart and, and freedom that Jesus brings. Amen. Katie Rice, Mary Marish, thanks for being with us in the cafe today. Thank you so much Enjoy. for having us. Yeah, St. Jose Maria Escriva. No man or woman is a single verse. We all make up one divine poem, which God writes with the cooperation of our freedom. So God bless you all. Coming up Monday here in the cafe, Father Joshua Whitfield will be with us. He'll be leading a parish mission at Our Lady, a pre-Lenten parish mission in our at Our Lady of Peace in Clintonville. And we'll also be joined by Jason and Lauren Mays. You guys all have a great weekend. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. See you on Monday.